0: Tonight is study number 29 of Revelation chapter 18. And we're going to be reading Revelation 18, verses 20 through 22. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down, and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And I'll stop reading there. Now God is uh, describing the judgment of this world typifying it by the judgment upon Babylon and we were discussing verse 20 in our last study and before we move on I just want to comment on the last part of verse 20 which says for God hath avenged you on her the Greek word translated as avenged is Strong's number 2919 and it is krino This is the word that's translated as judgment. There's also another word in the Greek that is not apparent in the King James translation of it, and that is uh, a similar related word, Strong's 29.17, also translated as judge or judgment. And literally, the last part of Revelation 18 verse 20 reads this way, God judged your judgment on her. And here God is uh, speaking of Babylon. And Babylon was the instrument of God's judgment on the corporate churches. And God has judged their judgment. As Satan and his emissaries came against the church, by the will of God, that is, God lifted his hand of restraint, loose Satan, permitted him to do this, and, and therefore according to his will. Yet it was sinful action on Satan's part, on uh, his emissaries. It was sinful action, and therefore God is judging. Uh, as it says, uh, God judged your judgment on her. And that's similar to what the Lord uh, stated earlier in Revelation 18. Remember, uh, he said in Revelation 18, verse 6, Reward her, even as she rewarded you. And double unto her double, according to her works in the cup which she has filled, fill to her double. And that's referring to the judgment which began at the house of God. Now, it, it it's Babylon's turn. Well, okay, let's go on to verse 21. Of uh, this chapter, and uh, Revelation eighteen twenty one says, and a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone. So the mighty angel who is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've seen this several times in the book of Revelation. We'll just go to one verse in Revelation ten verse one where a mighty angel is spoken of. It says in Revelation 10:1, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was, as it were, the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. Now, only Jesus can fit that description, as, as the Lord God is a sun and a shield. Christ is the light of the world. And so he is the mighty messenger of God. He's the chief messenger. He's God himself. So, of course, he's mighty. And, and that's who's in view in verse 21 of chapter 18. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone. So the mighty angel Christ takes up a stone that is said to be like a great millstone and and then we know the next statement is and cast it into the sea and then makes reference to Babylon uh, will be thrown down and found no more at all. Now um, this is a picture of the judgment of Babylon. There there is no question about that. If we go back to Jeremiah Chapter fifty one It says beginning in verse sixty one of Jeremiah chapter fifty one and Jeremiah said to Saraiah, When thou comest to Babylon and shalt see and shall read all these words, then shalt thou say, O Jehovah, thou hast spoken against this place to cut it off, that none shall remain in it, neither man nor beast, but that it shall be desolate forever. And it shall be, when thou hast made an end of reading this book, that thou shalt bind a stone to it, and cast it into the midst of Euphrates, and thou shalt say, Thus shall Babylon sink, and shall not rise from the evil that I will bring upon her, and they shall be weary, thus far the words of Jeremiah. And there is a similar picture as to what God is doing in our verse in Revelation 18, and it's actually drawn from, or it's commentary on what God did say in Jeremiah 51 that we just read. It's further uh, expounded or elaborated that this is the judgment of God, and notice the connection between that stone and the Bible. Take this book, and the book of Jeremiah is part of the Bible. Take this book, bind it to a stone, cast it down into the Euphrates, and there is evidence that Euphrates is Babylon's river, cast it down into the Euphrates, and and that will be typifying and illustrating the judgment of Babylon through the word of God. The word of God is the one that is pulled Babylon, like that stone, down into the depths of the sea, into the waters of the Euphrates, well, the river there. It says sea in our verse in Revelation 18, and they both picture the same thing as the sea is pointing to the wrath of God, and to sink into the depths indicates you have been destroyed by the furious anger of a vengeful god just uh, just look at the egyptians and and how they were destroyed pharaoh and his army on and chariots sunk into the sea and were destroyed as the sea covered them and that's a picture of satan and his forces being destroyed just as babylon is a picture of satan and his forces being destroyed well let's take a closer look at some of this language in verse 21. And a mighty angel, who we know as Christ, took up a stone like a great millstone. Now, first of all, it's a stone that's being thrown into the sea, said to be like a great millstone. And we, we do read of God speaking of um, casting a mountain into a sea. Uh, earlier in the New Testament in the gospel account and, and a mountain is made of stone and that's found in Matthew 21 beginning in verse 17 it says there and he left them and went out of the city into Bethany and he lodged there now in the morning as he returned into the city he hungered and when he saw a fig tree in the way he came to it And found nothing thereon, but leaves only. And said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also... If ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. In all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Well, here we, we've we gone over this before, this uh, historical parable of the cursing of the fig tree. And we saw that that represented Christ cursing national Israel. But then he says, What I have done you will do also. And God's people did do that when they proclaimed the judgment on the churches and, and the curse of God on the corporate church, all churches and congregations in the world. And more than that, as as Christ says, uh, you'll, you'll not only uh, do this which is done to the fig tree, but also you will say unto this mountain, Be thou removed. And be thou cast into the sea. As God has now opened up information from the Bible to indicate a spiritual judgment on the world, just as He did regarding a spiritual judgment on the church. Therefore, we, through faith, through granted us by God, and as He opens our understanding to these things and belief of them, that we curse the fig tree as Jesus did that is a a whole corporate body is cut off and we cast the mountain that represents the kingdom of Satan Babylon into the sea through pronouncing the judgment that is written that is how we go about executing or carrying out God's judgment in the day of judgment and that is part of our role as uh, judging the world with him as we share these things from the Bible. Well, anyway, they the mountain, which is made of stone, Their mountains aren't made of wood, they're not made of uh, uh, other things but stone. The mountain is cast into the sea, picturing the wrath of God on the kingdom of Satan, just as Babylon is typified, or representative of Satan's kingdom, And now God is saying that he took up a stone. And by the way, the Greek word translated as took up is the same as removed in Matthew 21, verse 21, that we just read, that this mountain be removed and cast into the sea. And so through the use of that word also, God is directing us there, even a little word God can use when we compare Scripture with Scripture to lead and direct us, into the proper way well the mighty angel christ took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea and uh, and and so there is an emphasis on the great millstone or this word millstone and it's the same word used in verse 22 at the end of verse 22 after speaking of the voice of harpers and musicians and trumpeters and, and so forth not being found anymore. It says in the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. Well, uh, of course you're not going to hear the sound of a millstone because Christ just took it and cast it into the sea and, and therefore it is gone in that sense. But the, this word millstone in these verses leads us back to Jeremiah chapter 25, to verse 10. and I think we'll see the relationship once I read it. In Jeremiah 25, verse 10, it says, Moreover, I will take from them the voice of mirth, and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride, the sound of the millstones, and the light of the candle." And further on in our chapter, in the next couple of verses, we'll see that very same language. Which means that the uh, word millstone in Revelation 18, that's mentioned a couple of times, is um, the equivalent of this Hebrew word translated as millstones. There are a couple different Hebrew words translated as millstones, but this is the one that, that that we want to track and follow. It's Strong's number 7347. And this word is translated as mill in Exodus 11 verse 5. And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill and all the firstborn of beasts. And it's Translated as millstones again in Isaiah 47, in the context of Babylon, in verse 1. Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground, there is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For thou shalt no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones, and grind meal. Uncover thy locks, make bare the leg, uncover the thigh, pass over the rivers. And it continues but here we're helped because it t- it says take the millstones and grind meal and uh, and and so now we we have the word grind associated with millstones and that leads us to some interesting places for instance in Matthew chapter 24 it says beginning In verse 37, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came, and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two in the field the one shall be taken and the other left 2 it says women in italics two women shall be grinding at the mill the one shall be taken and the other left there in the context of the coming of the son of man as god speaks of the days of noah and and uh, that historical Judgment that pictures the end of the world. He also refers to two in the field. One has taken the other left. Two grinding at the mill. The one has taken the other left. And uh, we know in the Bible the field represents the world. And it was in the world that God sent his people to evangelize. Go out into the world and bring the gospel to all creatures and Now, though, it's Judgment Day, and it's the end of God's evangelization program, the end of his salvation program. And so, one is taken and the other left. Now, this is restated or said again in a parallel passage in Luke chapter 17. In Luke 17, it says, beginning in verse 34, I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed, or two in one bed. The one shall be taken, and the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken, and the other left. Two men shall be in the field. The one shall be taken, and the other left. And uh, and so there's this... um, distinction made between the two that are in the field, two in the bed, and two grinding at the mill. And actually, the field represents the world. Grinding at the mill represents being involved in the gospel. As the grinding at the mill produces meal or flour. And meal or flour typifies the gospel. And and so, two are actively involved. Remember, two in the Bible points to the caretakers of the Bible, two in the field, two in the bed. Well, what what does that mean? Well, Revelation 2, verses 20 through 22, speaks of being cast into the bed of great tribulation. So, two were in great tribulation. Two were involved in getting the gospel out into the world. Two were involved in grinding the meal or flour that is the gospel. And one of each is taken and the other left. And the word um, taken is translated often as received. Received. Uh, it's translated in uh, John chapter 14 this way. John 14... And I'll read verses 2 and 3. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you. No, it says receive, but it's a translation of the same Greek word. I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. So the one taken is received by Christ. And it's also the same word in Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews 12 verse 28, where it says, Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom, the word receiving is the the same Greek word, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved let us have grace whereby we may serve god acceptably with reverence and godly fear so christ says i will come again and take you and and that's what he did when he saved all of his people he he brought them into the safety and security of the inner chamber were hidden with christ in god and and therefore the kingdom is um, secured to each one of his elect people we have been taken on May 21 2011 god received his people the kingdom in that sense was delivered up to the father all those that christ saved and the other left the other left and and the word left is translated as forsaken and uh, where where were they left? Well, they were left in the bed, which points to great tribulation. Uh, they they were left in the field, which points to those that were involved in getting the gospel out to the world. They were left grinding at the mill, and and that is uh, we we could understand that they're still about uh, they're still attempting to bring the gospel to the world. So they're still in the field. Or they're still involved in the work of grinding meal at the mill because they're still bringing the gospel. Or uh, since they they fail to recognize God has ended the Great Tribulation and brought about the Day of Judgment, they believe they're still in the Great Tribulation and God is still saving is what they're insisting on in all of these cases. They have been forsaken, and as a result, they don't have eyes to see what the Lord did spiritually in ending His salvation program, and therefore they continue on involved in the task that previously was a, a fine task, a good task. We, we should have been involved in that. But when God ends it, and concludes his salvation program, then we ought not be involved any longer in that. Well, Lord willing, when, when we uh, get together again in our next study, we'll take a look at this language, this interesting language here in Revelation 18, 21 and 22, concerning the millstone being cast into the sea, and, and how it involves the Day of Judgment.